Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Is it really possible to end chronic homelessness in Milwaukee by 2017? If your first thought is, that's crazy, Emily Kenny wants you to think again. Emily works at Impact as the Coordinated Entry Program Coordinator. In this role, Emily efficiently connects individuals and families experiencing homelessness with organizations that provide housing or diversion services. We spoke with Emily about her role in Coordinated Entry, where she explained how the Housing First initiative, only a year old, has already shown a 100% success rate. We also talk about how Coordinated Entry is adapting their services for use at Project Homeless Connect, happening this year on October 20th. Finally, Emily reflected on the moment when, as a 14-year-old, she discovered her passion for working with families experiencing homelessness. Emily, what does coordinated entry mean? Who are the kind of people that you help? So coordinated entry is um, actually a mandate from HUD, from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, um, that each community figure out a way to prioritize those who are homeless um, based on their vulnerability and that we have one group coordinating all of that. So coordinated entry is meant to assist those who are homeless and those who are most vulnerable to get them into housing resources first. A big part of my role is coordinating the agencies that provide homeless services um, so that we're all working together. Currently, 211 provides the day-to-day um, operations of coordinated entry. And 211 is the, the call-in system, right? It's a number you can call. Yes, so Impact 211 is run by um, Impact in southeastern Wisconsin, and that is the 211 is the number that you can call if you need social services assistance. So it's a, it's a contact center open 24-7 for people to call and, and ask for a variety of resources. So do you get a lot of people calling in? who are homeless or experiencing homelessness, do they ha- how do they access 211? Yes, so, yes, we do, we do get um, a lot of people calling in. So last year's numbers, we had um, a little over 38,000 calls regarding housing. That's all housing-related things. So as simple as, um, you know, I need help with my rent this month, otherwise I'm not going to make it to I'm living on the street and I need something somewhere to go right now. Um, of those 38,000, there were 10,390 unduplicated requests for shelter. What are some of those agencies that you work with, and how do you decide what agencies um, are part of the Coordinated Entry Program? So um, because Coordinated Entry is mandated by HUD, the agencies that must participate get funding from HUD. But um, Coordinated Entry is really open to anyone who provides homeless services. We, have, we are currently implemented with five homeless shelters, but we're looking toward um, next year, hopefully, to be more fully implemented with agencies that provide permanent housing as well as street outreach. So do you, are you part of a team who works on coordinated entry? It's not just you responding to these 10,000 people. Well, so um, I'm the only specifically coordinated entry, specific coordinated entry staff person, wow. and we're working on building that that team. Um, but 
the 211 contact center is the group that does the day-to-day. -day. So I'm not personally handling those 10,000 phone calls, but, um, but I am currently the only person that is dedicated to this work. Um, but coordinated entry is a piece of um, the continuum of care, and that's another HUD mandate that communities uh, organize the, the um, homeless service providers and that they collaborate toward ending homelessness so that it's really not, you know, this, this agency is doing X and this agency is doing Y and we're all really trying to get to Z, but we're, we're crossing each other. So um, the continuum of care were really a, a way to start looking at collective impact and how do we, how do we work together to solve one problem. What are the other, you know, bullet points or the other types of services on the continuum of care? It really ranges. We, the continuum of care is open to anybody who's willing to serve people experiencing homelessness. So some, a lot of the agencies are specific, like a shelter or someone providing permanent housing. But we also have members who provide job training or, um, you know, like um, insurance advocacy for Medicaid and Medicare. Um, so it's really open to, and we would like, community involvement from all different types of agencies. Homelessness isn't just about, you know, providing shelter. It's also providing mental health care and, and physical health care and, and then that income piece. So how does someone either get a job or get um, disability benefits? So with the coordinated entry system. Is there a goal? Are you reaching towards a particular goal or a number by by a certain time? Yeah, so um, coordinated entry is, is working to end homelessness, um, but we have to take that in steps. So the first subpopulation of people experiencing homelessness that we're trying to house are those who are chronically homeless. So those who have been homeless for a year or more and who, or who have been homeless four times in three years and have a disabling condition. And that's seen as the most vulnerable subpopulation of people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, and the goal is to actually end that type of homelessness by 2017. Um, and wow. I think we're actually on track to do that. Um, we're also, so um, ending homelessness fully, what that would look like is that it would be functional zero. So that if someone were to become homeless, um, that it would take no more than 90 days to get them back into some type of permanent housing. How do you measure how many people are experiencing homelessness? Yeah, that's a good question. So we have two um, literal um, counts t um, every year, so at the end of January and at the end of July, um, called the point in time. And we um, get the census off of our, there's, there's a single homeless management information system, which is the fancy word for a database of people who are, who are receiving um, homeless services. And so we get the numbers from that, and then we actually go out and count people who are sleeping outside. Wow. Um, so, we get that, so we get that count twice a year. Um, but then we are working toward this, and this is part of Coordinated Entry's role, um, a single prioritization list so that ev the vision is that everybody who encounters someone experiencing homelessness whether that's the police or a street outreach teams or a, an emergency room that there would be one way for them to give that information to impact at um, in the coordinated entry program and then we would put that into a, our list and um, 
and figure out how vulnerable that person is so that we can so that we know that we really are putting all of our efforts toward those who are most vulnerable and then working our way down the list. Um, I'm really excited for the the day when we've ended chronic homelessness and we can move on to kind of the next most vulnerable group of folks that have been outside for a while, but not for a full year yet. HUD has also made a, another shift in thinking um, from kind of earned housing or deserved housing to a housing first model. Yeah, can you explain a little bit about that? I can. So um, housing first is really the paradigm that if someone has housing, the other things come later. So someone who is actively using or it has untreated mental health issues, um, that, that we shouldn't wait for them to address those first, that really having a stable place to live is what helps someone get better and, and actually gets people um, out of services more quickly with more dignity and it's actually cheaper. If you think about providing free rent for someone, that seems like that would be expensive. Um, but the reality is that what we pay in terms of unpaid medical bills or tickets for loitering because they have nowhere to be or um, you know all those costs that come with it, that is more expensive than paying rent and paying for case management for somebody. Do you have any information about the success rate of this initiative? I know Housing First is relatively new. It is. It started in summer of 2015. Um, and so Housing First is, I should back up and say that Housing First, the that is really a paradigm. And all of our programs are working to, um, to be that way, to not have big barriers to entering their programs and to you know, not kick people out for violating the rules and things like that to really work with people. Um, but Housing First, the Housing First initiative is run through Milwaukee County, and that was started in summer of 2015. Um, success rate is huge. It's a year later, and 100% of the people that they placed in the programs can continue to be housed. Wow. Yeah. How many programs can say that 100%? Right. That's amazing. That's the only one. What made you want to do this work? Did you you know, grow up thinking I want to work with the homeless? Was it a particular volunteer experience you had as a kid? So um, when I was 14 and I was in Spanish class, I should start the story by saying I grew up in Colorado. Um, so I was in Spanish class and the Spanish teacher said, you know, if you want to practice your Spanish, you should go um, tutor at this after school program because a lot of the kids there um, speak Spanish, but it's it's at a, you know, the homework is at a level that you could understand. So, so I'm learning Spanish and, and helping them to, to just read instructions in English and then translate them to Spanish for them. Um, and what I didn't know was that that was the um, homeless education program tutoring, uh, that their tutoring program. So all of those kids were also experiencing homelessness. And I got to know the kids, I got to know their families. I got to, I went to where they were living. So I actually had to see what, um, what that was. And, and at, it was at 14 that it was solidified, like this isn't, this can't keep, this shouldn't be happening. And so um, then it was just a matter of figuring out how do I make the biggest impact on that that I can. So what have you learned about homelessness through your many years working with this issue? So I think one of the things that surprised me was that um, working with people who are experiencing homelessness is actually pretty clinical. Um, and by that, I don't mean that, you're, that I'm like out doing diagnosing and 
things like that. But the but it's not. It's complex. People's lives are complex. So it's not as simple as you know going out and meeting someone and saying, "Hey, come in. I have a I have a place for you to live." Usually, it's you know they have this whole host of other things going on in their lives and and figuring out where to start and how to best help them um, and best engage them in helping themselves is is a skill. And, uh, I, and I don't know that our community sees that. I think that often, you know, homeless services, especially because it's, it's a nonprofit and it's, you know, working with people that don't have any income. Um, these are jobs that are, um, you know, not very well paid. And, and the, biggest, the biggest thing that I hear from shelters is we need more clinical staff to better help people. And that's like caseworkers? Caseworkers, yeah, that have some kind of clinical experience. And, and again, I guess I use that word clinical to just mean more than, more than just basic case management. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Project Homeless Connect. Yeah. Um, how are you involved? And do you want to explain a little bit about what Project Homeless Connect is? Yeah, so Project Homeless Connect originated out of uh, California. And the thought was that there are so many services that that people need to go all over the city to get. Um, and why not bring bring all the services into one spot? So someone who's struggling with transportation anyway, why not just bring it and have a one-stop shop? So um, so that's the intent. And we've this is our seventh annual uh, Project Homeless Connect in Milwaukee. We have, um, an, so we have services like getting, um, getting a dental screening or an eye screening done, um, getting a haircut, things like that. And then we also have resources. So being able to um, go to a number of different tables and get flyers and brochures about what resources they might be able to use in the future. Um, we also- So like housing, yeah. job, uh, help. Yes, exactly, okay. yep. Um, and then this year we're looking at consolidating that, that housing piece to have one basic housing assessment in the spirit of coordinated entry um, where people can be assessed and then uh, we will follow up with them. If we know on, on, at, at the time that we have something available, we could do it then or follow up with what, with what programs they might be eligible for later. What has been your role in the planning of Project Homeless Connect? Yeah, so um, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, Marquette University has been very generous in donating their space um, at their um, Memorial Union uh, for several years now. Um, but then it's a matter of figuring out how are we going to get food for the day for everybody and uh, donations of things that, that people may need, like coats or feminine hygiene products, um, in order to, to give something to them that they might need that's tangible. And then having service providers be there and, and resources show up. So there's a lot of organization um, that goes into, into the event. It takes a lot of man hours. Um, but the benefit is that people who are experiencing homelessness can, can get all of those things in one day um, instead of having to, to go across the city to figure out how to get their needs met. Uh, speaking from personal experience, it's an incredible day. It's unlike anything I've ever done from a volunteer standpoint. That's the feedback we've gotten, too. All, all the volunteers who have done it usually come back. It's a, it's a worthwhile experience. Great. Well, Emily Kenny, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Sure. Thank you for having me.
That was Emily Kenny, Coordinated Entry Program Coordinator at IMPACT. To learn more about Project Homeless Connect, including how you can volunteer and or donate items, be sure to check out the blog post that goes along with this episode on our website, unitedwaygmwc.org. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. Help us keep this podcast on the air. We are looking for sponsors at every level to help underwrite the cost of production. To learn more, visit our website, unitedwaygmwc.org slash podcast.